Speaking Out America, JR. Let me play something for you here in a moment. Yesterday I was playing around with chat GPT. Have you gotten into that yet? Are you doing any of that? Are you playing around with AI? It's about as easy as playing around with Google search. Only the answers that you get are specific to the questions you ask. Let's see if I can bring this up here. Uh, And I was just testing it, you know, like you have a, it's a search engine. You type in a question and then, and there's all kinds of things you can learn from it. And one of the strikingly funny things about it is if you ask it any question about climate change, it will spew out an answer, but then it'll always add an aff- affirmation of what's causing climate change. So um, let's see if I can find an example of this. Um, I was asking a lot of questions about early history. Like, for example, I found out that my ancestors may have come from the original colony, colony in Virginia just by giving it some information about my name. And that was pretty interesting. But here's one um, I wrote. This is uh, this is interesting. And it's a little long, but I'll, I'll just, I wrote, if humans stopped producing all carbon dioxide, how much would the global mean temperature be reduced? I asked AI that. Here's the answer. And I want to see if you can figure out something here. Because it's very interesting. If all humans, this is the answer back to me. If all humans were to stop producing carbon dioxide, it would not be immediately possible as carbon dioxide is also a natural byproduct of processes like respiration and decomposition. However, if all human-induced carbon dioxide emissions were to magically cease, the reduction of global mean temperature, GMT, would depend on many factors such as time, location, and feedback mechanisms. Then it goes on to say, according to a study published in Nature Climate Change, If all human-caused emissions were to immediately stop, there would be a reduction of warming by about 0.25 to 0.45 degrees Celsius by the end of the century. However, the estimate does not account for feedback loops such as melting of the Arctic permafrost, blah, blah, blah. And then it ends with, in conclusion, the reduction of GMT due to stopping all human Reduced carbon dioxide emissions is difficult to estimate, and there are many factors to consider. So, in other words, it doesn't have an answer, except for it throws out two numbers. It says if all human, if, if China were to shut down all of their coal factories and India were to follow suit, and other countries around Russia, if America stopped producing, stopped drilling, no more carbon, no more cars driving anywhere. And I think there's like 30 billion cars in, in the world. All to a stop. How much would it reduce the warming of the earth on average? And the answer is 0.25 degrees. That, that means one quarter of one degree to 0.45 degrees or a half a degree. Just under a half a degree. That's if everybody stopped doing everything even trying to cut it back 20 to 30% so you can do the math. Let's say that we're able to reduce that by 50%, to say 50%. Well, then that would mean that we would still have a temperature rising or a reduction of about, well, one-tenth of a, d- a degree. 
That's nothing. That's negligible. That's almost statistically non-existent. And they're having us do all these things to destroy the economies of the world by saving the planet and instilling in so much fear into young people today where they just can't stand it. I heard, was it, uh, some, you know, they're throwing paint on works of art in Europe to protest the climate. It's just ridiculous stuff like that. These young people, I'm worried about them. I, I'll maybe talk about this later, but I'll tell you something. Young people, you can see it in their eyes. They, they are not going to hold back. They're going to, it reminds me of the cultural revolution. No kidding. The, the young 17 and 18 year olds that were dragging their mothers and fathers in the street in China during the sixties, dragging professors out of their colleges and killing them, literally beating them to death or, or sending them out into the fields and taking away all their property. I can see that happening in this country. You can see it. You know, the other day they had a bunch of high school kids from our local community. Trump came to town or DeSantis, one of those two. And a bunch of them took the day. I don't know how they got out of school, but they went down and were protesting for transgender rights. Young people today. Now, they can do what they want to, but really, is that the cause du jour now? Uh, Last week it was climate change. It's the same group of people showing up, these activists. And they're going to be given permission. You watch. Once they start destroying things and nobody stops them, it'll just get worse. We're already seeing it in the big cities. That's why the smash and grab are so successful. Nobody's stopping them. The police don't stop them. Businesses are moving out of downtown areas of Portland and Seattle, L.A. Oakland A's are leaving. They may go to, where is it? Uh, I can't remember. I think it's Las Vegas. Anyway, I don't want to run short on time, but here's a guy by the name of Ian Glimer, Plimer, P-L-I-M-E-R. He's an Australian geologist. Listen to what he says about climate change. We had in Senate estimates last year, Malcolm Roberts asked the CSIRO, can you please give me a few scientific papers that prove human emissions of carbon dioxide drive global warming? And the CSIRO presented him with one scientific paper and then it wasn't on the subject. So he asked them again. Can you please show me that human emissions of carbon dioxide drive global warming? That's a trick question. We'll come to that. They couldn't. This is a question that I've been asking scientists around the world for 25 years. I've asked journalists this question. I've asked politicians this question. It's no wonder I get cancelled because no one can show from the scientific literature that human emissions of carbon dioxide drive global warming. Now, let's let's imagine that I'm wrong. And once I was wrong, but I was mistaken. But let's imagine I was wrong. And we say, okay, human emissions do drive global warming. Well, the total human emissions are 3% of the total emissions that we get on planet Earth. So if you can show that 3% of emissions drive global warming, you have to show that the 97% of natural emissions, which come from ocean degassing, don't drive global warming. That's never been shown. So we have built this whole empire based 
on something that cannot be shown. And in fact, you can show the opposite. The whole move with human-induced global warming has got nothing to do with the environment. It's got everything to do with deconstruction of the way we think and our society as a mechanism of unelected people gaining power. And I'm sick of it. And that's why I wrote this book, Green Murder. It's a full frontal attack on those who are leading the charge. Now I'm going to give you one more. This is a man who spoke. He is a climate scientist, and I believe he's from Queensland. Now bear in mind, these are experts. These are people who are in their field. They're scientists. And they're telling They're asking the right questions. And and to answer uh, Guile's question, AI said that our impact on the environment from the carbon we produce, humans, represents a 0.25% degree increase. So all the activity of humans is increasing the temperature by a quarter of a degree. That's what the scientists are saying is a climate crisis. Isn't it amazing? Here's Malcolm Roberts, climate scientist from Queensland. As an engineer educated in atmospheric gases, and as a business manager, I was responsible for hundreds of people's lives based on my knowledge of atmospheric gases. I listen to scientists, I cross-examine scientists, and I debate the science. I have never found anyone logical scientific points based on empirical scientific evidence that shows we have anything to worry about at all. And the basics of this, when you burn a hydrocarbon fuel, You burn molecules containing carbon and hydrogen. With oxygen, they form CO2, carbon dioxide, and H2O, water vapour. That's it. Carbon dioxide is essential for all life. But let's go beyond the science and have a look at natural experiment. We've had two natural experiments, global experiments, in the last 14 years. The first was in 2009, when the use of hydrocarbon fuels in the recession that followed the global financial crisis reduced. There was less carbon dioxide produced from from human use of hydrocarbons. And what, did that, what happened to the level of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere? It kept increasing. And what happened in 2020, when we had a, a major recession, almost a depression around the world as, as a result of COVID restrictions placed by governments? We saw the same reduction in hydrocarbon fuel use by humans, the same cut in carbon dioxide output from humans, and yet carbon dioxide in the atmosphere continued increasing. And those who understand the science understand that it is fundamental. Humans cannot and do not affect the level of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. It's controlled by nature entirely. And I want you to think about that. Every uh, person under the age of 25 today, even to the point of saying they're not going to have children anymore because they are so afraid that the earth is going to die. In fact, they want to start a religion now uh, in honor of Earth Day and, and reinforce this, this climate fraud that has been foisted upon humanity. And our president is going to force an entire industry to go away that has been the backbone of the American economy for 100 years. Get rid of gas-powered vehicles and switch to EVs. It's going to have an impact on everybody's life, and that's why we keep talking about it. Share it with your friends, will you? I'm JR, speaking out, America. Is there another kind? 
You see, the useful idiots that the Soviet Union, that Lenin put into America, are now the useful idiots from the Chinese. U.S. President Joe Biden, who has had another week of gaffes, confused moments. Uh, uh, They're coming down on America like Pac-Man, eating us up alive. They're acting more as propagandists. Also, the science has changed. You know the Pac-Man game? Think of a Pac-Man game out of control. Sucking away at the foundation of America. If Russia pursues its aggression, it will face the massive consequences that... Because if they don't want you to believe something and they can cast doubt... We have no intention of fighting Russia. Sometimes confusion can actually be the goal. The goal. The goal. And as we've said all along... Confusion can actually be the goal. Welcome to another edition of Speaking Out America. I am JR, your host, and I'll guide you through some of the big news stories of the day and try to make some sense, add some perspective. Uh, it is a it, We are now, I think, officially in the political season now that President Biden has announced his candidacy. That means the gates are open and the horses have left the gate. And now it's all about politics. Not so much for this show. We'll still take a look at some of the cultural issues that are very important, but it is good to stay on top of uh, the po- political theater that is going on around us. And it, it, we talked a little bit yesterday about the DNC's decision not to have presidential debates am- among their party. And so Robert Kennedy has already come out and said that it's, it's not un-American, that you're not giving me a chance to address the American people, particularly those who are part of the Democratic Party, and tell my story and, and, and share what I think are the important priorities of America moving forward. And that the DNC would take its own course under the guise of supporting President Biden 100% is what they say. Oh, we want to show our support. Well, that's is that their job to, to show their support for one candidate? I, I don't, I'm just putting it out there. It's kind of like, who do these people think they are? Don't they think it's important for the American people to hear debates? Don't they think it's important? No, because they don't. And, and the reason is because they're frightened little children. They know damn well that if they put President Biden in front of a live camera for 30 minutes, it's going to be a disaster. Okay, so let it happen. Maybe that's why his presidency is a disaster. If his methodology and thinking and his policy decisions are reflective of his intellect and his slow-moving behavior, then don't you think Americans have the right to know? I've been giving a lot of thought to this whole situation with Tucker Carlson, and I truly believe that it is part of a greater conspiracy to silence the right. We're, uh, do you believe we're in a civil war? Well, I tell you what, maybe, maybe I'm overthinking this, but when I see what people are posting on social media, I feel like I'm, I'm seeing what the pulse of the country is. I'm seeing people who are reacting just as I'm reacting to the news. You know, Peter Thiel is a very influential man. I believe he is. Yeah, he's a Silicon Valley tech billionaire. But he's a Republican and he has, well, first of all, he, he endorsed uh, Donald Trump. But then later broke with him. And he told his associates he is not planning on donating to any political candidate in 2024. So who do we have? We have Larry Elder. We have Donald Trump. We have Don, Ron DeSantis. We have Nikki Haley. We played a good portion of her speech yesterday, which I thought for the most part showed her being pretty capable. 
Uh, I think she'll have more success bringing over Democrats than hard right Republicans. But she did a 20 minute speech about her life. I thought it was very endearing. And it's just me. And I had time to watch it. Maybe a lot of Americans busy at work uh, were didn't get a chance to see it. And I can guarantee you that none of the mainstream news media played much of it on the nightly news. I watched David Muir last night. I didn't see anything about Nikki Haley giving a speech today. And it was a good speech. But that's the political theater that we live in. The media decides for us who are the good candidates and who are not the good candidates. So when we have the debates, that is the one or two or maybe three times that the American people can actually watch the candidates. And that's so important. I'll tell you, I, I remember this story, and you probably have heard it as well. But in the 60 debate uh, between Nixon and Kennedy, television wasn't rampant as it is today. So a lot of people listened to the debate between the two, and a lot of people watched it on TV. And what they came away with was that the people on television liked Kennedy better, and the people who listened to the debate on the radio liked Nixon better. And the reasons are obvious, right? John Kennedy looked better on TV. He's an attractive young man. Nixon didn't look better. He looked like an accountant. You know, that occasionally comes out of the back room of a department store where, you know, he crunches numbers all day. That's what Nixon looks like. He looked, you know, kind of hunched over older man. And then you got this young, vibrant John Kennedy. But on the radio, well, Nixon sounded more articulate, sounded like he had a good, you know, wrap of things. He was, you know, very smart, intelligent thinker. And so that instills confidence in the voter. That's my point. See, that's the point I'm trying to make is you put Joe Biden in front of a camera. He's not going to be very convincing. And they know this. Now, they might ask themselves, well, but just because he doesn't look good on TV and he stumbles his words, it still doesn't mean he's not a good president. Okay, well, then let's see what he's done. He's uh, undercut our energy, which has been completely devastating to the rest of the world. And it's continually created a problem. Now he's pushing green initiatives to save the planet. But all of these green initiatives, if you haven't noticed, are heavily subsidized by you. You're paying for the transition to renewables in two ways. One, the taxes that they're taking from you, that they're redirecting toward green renewables. And they call it sustainables, but they're not even sustainable. That's why I talk about it so much. It's the underpinning of, of the fabric of society that I'm concerned with. And they can use the climate crisis uh, as, a, as a sword, a weapon. And that's exactly what they've been doing. That's why gas prices are pushing towards uh, four bucks a gallon again. And they do it under the guise of saving the planet. But we know what they're trying to do is to push us into this new technology. And I, I did write a comprehensive article on it. It's on my website, candidly of speakingoutamerica.com. So I ask you to check that out. And it goes into every phase of electric vehicles and what they do, how, how much it costs to make them, the labor and the raw materials that are needed, how they operate in real world environment. And we're just not there yet. We're not even near there. There's a great story. I forget where I read it. Maybe it was a New York Post about this man who bought a, a, a Rivian. It's a brand new electric vehicle 
and he was he was really he he paid for it in advance and it finally showed up and he tri- decided to take a trip uh in wyoming which is where he lives uh he wanted to go from his city to riverton wyoming it's about a 200 mile drive and he powered up his vehicle and 120 miles into it his car died even though the car told him that you should have enough charge but it didn't take into factor of the wind it didn't take in the factor of the 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 rain or the snow or whatever weather conditions that made made this car have to run very hard and it drained the battery and that's what I'm talking about. So this man paid ninety thousand dollars for a vehicle he can't even drive two hundred miles without having to get juiced up and there are not ga- electric stations every two hundred miles sometimes especially in the great northwest. You know there's hundreds of miles between cities sometimes so that means there's going to be hundreds of miles of no charging stations. Anyway, so this is Biden. This is the Biden economy now. He's subsidizing everything, all of his pork belly projects. The debt ceiling is out of control. The, the dollar is losing its presence and its authority in the global currency stage. And we've got two wars now that we're involved with, Sudan and trying to overthrow that government there because of their decision to allow Russia to build a Navy base along its coast in Port Sudan. And the CIA and our State Department has been heavily trying to convince that government not to do that deal. And then when all talks broke down, guess what? All of a sudden, this renegade force, where do you think they got the money? Who's supporting this revolutionary force that's attempting to take over the government of Sudan? Could Could we have any influence there? I'm just asking the question. But what we're being told instead is that Biden is the hero because he went in and, and rescued 71 U.S. Uh, personnel, leaving behind 10 to 20,000 other Americans who have no way out. And then you have Ukraine. Our troops are over there training their troops. We're giving them weaponry uh, in, the, in the hundreds of billions, it seems. So like every day I, I lose track of how much money we're giving away to this failed attempt to drive Russia back. I say give them Donetsk and call it call it a day and let those people move back home and get on with their lives. And this is this is just the tip of the iceberg with this president. He's allowing uh, unfettered access through the border, moving immigrants uh, to cities far away, uh, overburdening the municipalities of these cities who now have to take care of these people who are not allowed to work. I think I touched on this earlier. And this is, again, this is Joe Biden's America. And he talks about freedom, but he's taking the freedoms away from Americans by charging them more for their, for their goods and services in the form of taxes. And so, you know, I look at this guy and I think, and, and add all of this is the fact that he had to deliver his message in a pre-produced video. That tells you right there that the problem with him is that he's not competent. If he can't even do a three-minute speech without heavy editing, how the hell does he run a country? Uh, we'll continue this discussion in just a moment. You're listening to Speaking Out America. I am your host, JR. We'll be right back. 